0: Have you ever had those moments where you don't know what in the world is going on and it has you going wide-eyed, your mouth kind of drops open and your heart kind of stops and you're like, what in the world? Or have you ever had those confusing moments where it's like, oh, not again. Can I just get some peace right now? Can can we just not celebrate this holiday instead of feeling the overwhelming, the, the burdens of this time? Have we ever had situations that just confused us and we had that fear kind of settling in in what's going to happen? And so how when those things go down how when we have those situations do we begin to be able to practice celebration in the unexpected and we're today going to focus on our responses to the unexpected how our responses can help us Practice celebration help us make room and the story. We're going to look at we're actually jumping ahead to right after the birth of Jesus There are going to be shepherds and angels Mary and Joseph and this story With those with the shepherds and angels is only found in the Gospel of Luke the Gospel of Matthew It's a very different story at this moment But for Luke there are these shepherds and angels. There is this unexpected It's not the first time the unexpected has happened with Luke because Mary and Joseph have both been having to navigate that as there is news that she is pregnant, that the unexpected has happened. Mary goes and visits with her cousin Elizabeth, which we talked about last week, and how this unexpected pregnancy for Mary, also unexpected for Elizabeth, very different circumstances, But they have to navigate that, and they do it through cultivating peace and conversation and greeting and mercy. And so this week, we move forward in the unexpected with those we don't know. The situations, it's like, wait a minute, I I could have never imagined. And so beginning in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, Nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night, the Lord's angels stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. All right, so we get the shepherds who were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. And this image of shepherd, if we were to look through the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures, we would find this image of shepherd being connected to God. The 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And a sense of what does a shepherd do? The shepherd guides the sheep, protects the sheep, is is there kind of overwatching and helping out. And so this image, right? The those in the first century would have known that image, would have felt that connection with God, and even with using the term shepherd and thinking of King David, because this is. And King David, they're going to go down and go to Bethlehem, which is the city of David. And King David, before he became king, was a shepherd. He saved a sheep, he saved his flock from the lion. And so there is this sense, this long history of the shepherd guarding and protecting, of being present in times of trouble and being there watching over. So we have the, that's the beginning. And then the angel shows up. And it's kind of interesting here. The angel, the Lord's angel stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them and they were terrified. All right. So the word angel, angelos, the Greek word, it can be translated as it is here of saying angel, or it can be translated as messenger. In fact, the same word is used, the Greek word, the same one is used when John sends his messengers to Jesus. It seems that when we get it translated as messenger or in this case as angel is when it's connected to God. So here, this is someone who is bringing a message that is connected to God. And it's also important to note that generally angels, if we're looking throughout the biblical text, even into Hebrews, if we go forward in the New Testament, that an angel, you may not even know it because angels are all of us. It could be all of us. It could be any one of us. An angel has, looks just like a human, is human. It is one who is present with this message, and specifically a message connected to God. In fact, Hebrews 13.2 talks about, you may have entertained angels and not even known it. And so for ourselves of going, okay, so the image of shepherd, guardian, protector, and then this image of an angel, a stranger, because usually angels are strangers, are not known by the others, this stranger shows up with a message from God for the shepherds, and it's the middle of the night. And so we can only imagine, right, the shepherds had sat down, they were in their groove, they were going to do their thing, maybe they were having conversation, each one was maybe taking watch, they had their regular routine, and this stranger in the middle of the night shows up with a message from God, and they are frightened, they're like, what in the world, who are you, what is going on? Continuing on in verses 10 through 12. The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Okay, so right there. We know that the shepherds are afraid of this stranger, of this messenger. And the first thing the angel, the messenger says is, Don't be afraid. And how often, when we don't understand what's happening, when we don't like it, when there's confusion around it, do we feel that fear begin to kind of bubble up? Like our response, our response to the unexpected can sometimes be fear inducing. And so the angel says, Hey, Don't be afraid, and goes on. Look, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Now, the word here that's translated good news is connected to gospel, is the Greek word evangelion. And that word, that word is trying to get us to understand something about this time period. It's trying to say, wait a minute, something good and wonderful is happening Because that word is actually, in Roman culture, it is connected to and it would be used when Caesar would give tax relief on his birthday. All right? So think about that for a second. So the angel shows up, but the angel has a message from God and uses a word that generally talks about a relief, a burden being lifted. And here... It's not just for particular types of people, but instead it's for all. And it comes from God, not Caesar. It comes from God. And the messenger makes this point further. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. This is not Caesar born in a palace, this is not in the halls of power. But instead, God's relief has been born, is bringing joyous good news for everyone. And so can we imagine how a little disconcerting this message is, right? stranger shows up in the middle of the night and has this message of joy for us about relief, about there being another way, and that it's coming, going to come from a child that has just been born. That this child is the perfect embodiment of that relief. And Matthew is where we find Emmanuel, God, with us. And so here, here we've got this really interesting moment where the angel has given the message of what's going on and that this is a message for them, but it's a message for all. And then the angel asks for a response. Go to Bethlehem go to see you're going to find this child. And when we think about that of how we might respond in such a situation because we you know we're so used to this story in some ways that it's like well of course they go. I mean of course, right? But how often when we find ourselves in an unexpected situation, an unexpected moment that says, hey, you have got to respond, how often do we find ourselves going, wait a minute, I'm not so sure about that. Because this is going to require a response that gets them uncomfortable, that gets them out of their routine. They are going to have to leave their sheep unprotected. They're going to have to leave their job in this moment to go check out this news, this joyous, wonderful news. They have a choice. God's messenger is calling them into a a possibility to see something unexpectedly wonderful in this situation, to see something life-giving, to experience something life-giving in a vulnerable child. And so, for ourselves as we're, as we're kind of thinking about that, of when we find ourselves in those unexpected situations, how often is our response to actually dig in our heels, to stay in our comfort, to say, wait a minute, no, no, no. It it can only be this way that we start to dig into one way, one understanding, one perspective. And here the messenger of God is like, wait a minute, there's more than that. There is more in this situation. There is more in this unexpected event. And so they're going to have to make a choice. And so right now, they're on the edge. So the the angel calls to them and says, what's going on? And asks them for a response. And then goes on to say this in 13 through 14. Suddenly, a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God. They said, glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. And we may think, okay, well, I mean, if a heavenly... Hosts show up, they got a whole bunch of people and they're singing and they're, it's like, Hark the Herald Angels sing, right? It's like elevating us. Well, maybe if we feel like the heavens opened up for us, yeah, we'd make that decision. We'd respond with, okay, okay, all right, we'll go. But to recognize here, right? To recognize that we don't always experience God in the same way. And so, What if we feel like, okay, well, a whole bunch hasn't shown up for us to give us direction, clear direction in this moment. How am I supposed to decide? How am I supposed to be able to figure this out if the heavens haven't opened up in this same capacity of going, you need to respond by going here? And this is where it's really important to notice what it says. Glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors peace among those whom he favors. The messenger is giving them a lens to understand this moment through. First, that lens started with joyous news for all. And now it moves to peace among whom God favors. And that word favor is connected to the word grace that God's grace covers us all. There is nothing we can do, according to Romans, uh, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, that God's grace just kind of keeps pouring in, pouring over us, and we see it time and again with the way Jesus lives. And so here to think about it in terms of a lens of peace, a lens of joy, a lens of favor, grace, and love. And so when we're responding to situations maybe we don't fully understand, we don't, maybe we don't have a good grasp of, when something unexpected has happened that demands that we respond. How often do we go with the, the fear, I don't know, comfort, dig in the heels? Or what would it mean for us to begin to try to understand the unexpected situation? The interaction with others. The relationship, the conversation through a lens of love, of peace, of joy, of grace being extended. What if we began there in all of the situations we find ourselves facing, especially in the unexpected ones, if we begin first with love, with peace, with joy, and grace? How does that begin to shift what we're willing to do, where we're willing to go, what choices we are willing to make when that begins to be our foundation? Continuing on in verses 15 through 17. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. So the angel, the messenger disappears. And the shepherds have to respond, right? They can respond by sitting there, by doing nothing. They could be like, I don't know what that was, Um, I'm gonna stay here with the sheep. But instead, as they come from a lens of peace, as they try to understand this situation through God's love, through God's grace, through God's joy, they're like, okay, well let's go investigate this. Let's, Let's go check this out. Let's go see what we can find out, further our understanding, gain a new perspective. And that's really kind of important for us to take note of because sometimes it's not just us going, okay, I heard you, sure, whatever. But instead, it requires the shepherds to go investigate, to further their understanding, to further their response that's connected to God, to see and to understand how God is working in this situation, how they are even a part of it. It's kind of like... Think about it in these terms. You know, when we look up at the night sky, right, and especially if there's no light pollution, the sky is beautiful at night. If it's it's a clear night, we can see stars. Maybe we even get a glimpse of the Milky Way. And for centuries, millenniums, that has been the case. And periodically, someone will develop something because they want to investigate further. They want to see further out. They want to know more. They say, you know, this is, wow, this is beautiful, but is there something more to it? And so throughout the ages, telescopes were invented. And then this year, we get the James Webb telescope, which has shown us parts of the universe. We kind of knew were out there, but we now see it in a totally new world. We see it in a completely new way. It kind of expands the mind. At the moment, it goes, that is beautiful. That is awe-inspiring. It also makes us go, wow, we are vulnerable and small in this vast universe. And we still don't fully understand it. And it's even maybe hard for us to comprehend, right, to comprehend how one day humans may be able to fly through those celestial bodies That those celestial clouds that are absolutely amazing to look at but at the moment we're not quite there but people want to investigate people want to go a little further they want to explore they want to be curious about how and so the shepherds right here are getting curious and that's really important in our responses that sometimes we need to have a whole lot of curiosity in our response so that we can understand how God is present in the moment. And so their response, they're curious. They want to go investigate. They want to see this child that the messenger talked about. And so they go. And then something interesting happens. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, They reported what they had been told about this child. The shepherds are strangers to Mary and Joseph, just as the messenger from God was. And now the shepherds, as strangers, become the messengers to Mary and Joseph. They say, you are not going to believe about this child. Like, this is what we have heard. They investigate, they are curious, they engage in conversation, they are responding from a place of love and grace and peace and joy. And so it gives them an opportunity to be part of this story, to be part of this connection, to be part of we don't fully understand what's going on, and we've tried, to make, we've tried to discern it for millenniums, and yet something's happening here. And so we've got to figure this out. We've got to pursue. We've got to get curious in our response. And in doing so, they invite Mary and Joseph into their moment, into their response. And they invite them into a place of celebration, which we get in the next lines. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. Think about that. Their response, we got to get up, go. We got to go be curious. We've got to investigate. And Mary's response is one of curiosity as well, but in a different way. Her response looks a little bit different, which all of us would because all of us are different and we find ourselves in different situations. And so she commits them to memory. She does not dismiss what they have said. She does not respond with, eh, you guys are crazy. She does not forget, she commits them to memory and then ponders them and considered them carefully. I can't help but wonder if she thought of this moment as she was raising Jesus, as she was parenting Jesus, as she was guiding Jesus, and in especially the moment where they're at a wedding, Jesus is an adult, they run out of wine, and Mary says, hey, Jesus, I need you to help with this. And he's like, no, no, I can't, not my time. She has a few more words, and he says, Oh, okay, I, yes, I will do it these moments where maybe there was back and forth, and yet she knows there's something different here, right? The story is that these shepherds responded in curiosity. They came and shared that message with them, and then she holds on to, she carefully goes over. She responds in the way she engages with Jesus and those around, in the way she parents, in the way she guides, just like the shepherds guided, now she does. And that seems kind of cool, right? To think about that different response, a different response from each one, a different response from ourselves, of going, wait a minute, what does it mean for me to respond from a place of, if we have a foundation of love and grace and joy and peace, that we can begin to respond in different ways, that all of those ways, though, from that foundation, they begin to make room for how God is working, for how we are connected, for experiencing God in the situations, the unexpected moments that we find ourselves. And here it finishes with, after Mary has considered this carefully, after that is her response, the shepherds returned home glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. They returned home glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Their response, they got curious We thought, well, maybe that's possible. Maybe it's possible that one is coming to bring relief in ways that we never thought about. When we respond from that place of love and joy and peace, when we respond from that place of, wait, let me notice where God is at work. Let me notice how God is at work right here, how I can be part of that message, how I can convey that to others. They in return get to go on and celebrate. That they get to go on glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. And so, for ourselves, of making space, of realizing that our responses, much like we talked about last week with that response of mercy and the greeting between Mary and Elizabeth, the way that we can respond to situations, the thing that is, those things that are at the foundation of our responses can all of a sudden open us up to things we never thought possible, that we can celebrate in ways that we thought, I, really? You know, if you think about how that evening began for the shepherds, my guess is never in a million years did they think they would be dancing back from Jerusalem, or from Bethlehem, excuse me, from Bethlehem praising God. And yet here they are, because... They chose to respond in a very unexpected situation from a place going, wait a minute, God's love is at the foundation, God's peace, God's joy, God's grace. And so how does that change our responses in the day-to-day? What trajectory does that begin to put us on? How does it begin to change what we thought nothing will ever change? Why does this keep happening? How does it begin to change those things? Because just think about it. Had we humans not looked up at the sky and said, you know, I want to look more, you know, I want to see more, I want to investigate further, I want to get curious about it, that we wouldn't have had that progression of telescopes, we wouldn't have had those images this year from the James Webb telescope, that is mind-blowing, that we can discover things we never even considered before or had no idea how beautiful they really are. And so here the shepherds realize how beautiful and amazing this moment is with Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph realize that something is different. They don't have a full grasp, but... But they're going to consider, they're going to try to take this in, they're going to try to understand, wait a minute, God is with this child. We knew that, kind of, because we'd we'd had all those other interactions, but now other people are beginning to notice. It's not just us. And so they get to ponder, they get to carefully study those things. The unexpected all of a sudden opens them up to new possibilities with God. And so how might we allow this story to challenge us this day? How might we allow it to get us curious of what we want to investigate, of what will be at the foundation of all of our responses to the unexpected situations and moments of this life? How will we be challenged this day in responding from a place of God's love, God's peace, God's grace, and God's joy, so that not only can we practice celebration, but we can share it with others, just like the shepherds got to share that celebration with Mary and Joseph. Amen.